Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. If you're looking for news, tips, and stories about fishing the Great Lakes, you've come to the right place. And now your host, Chris Larson. Welcome to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast. We're in Dunkirk, New York, and we're at Lance Valentine's. This is your school. Tell us about what, we have, what we're doing here this weekend in Dunkirk. So this is what we call a fishing education weekend. Uh, we started these back in 2003 as kind of an on the water final exam for guys who've been through uh, our seminar series, kind of take everything they learn in the seminars, go on the water and kind of learn. This is uh, our 57th trip that we've done, our first time over here on the eastern end of Lake Erie. And basically what it is, a four day fishing weekend. Guys get together Thursday through Sunday. Uh, we have seminars every day. Uh, Talk about fishing, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about all kinds of different equipment, setups, presentations, sonar, GPS, how to really get into fishing. We talk about some foundation stuff, how to put a pattern together and how to plan for our day's fishing. Guys go fishing every day. They share information on the water, so they're helping each other figure out how deep to fish and, and uh, what kind of lures to use. They're gonna bring all that information back to us tonight. We'll have dinner. We'll have a guest speaker on Friday and Saturday. We'll take all that fishing information they bring us. We'll put that together, and then we'll give them some information tomorrow after breakfast to say, here's what's working best, here's where you need to go out and kind of fish. So it's a four-day weekend where they learn, they get to go on the water, try something new, come back, figure out why they didn't do it right, get better at it, share information, and get dialed into the program. So we're trying to teach them the whole pattern fishing, mm -hmm. how to keep information, how to take information, uh, how to work with other people, and then obviously how to learn one or two new presentations while they're at a place they may, may not have been before. Sure. This is truly hands-on. This yep. isn't something where you're going to sit in a room for four days and go home and hope that you can take that theory and turn it into real life. But this is something that you guys are really, I mean, you're, you're out there and you're taking this information and you're actually going out to these guys' boats too and helping them get their boats set. Yeah, so we've got, uh, you know, Jeff Miller from Tech here, you know, Trevor's here from Fishhawk. These guys are with these anglers on their boats trying to figure out what they need for rigging, where can they put stuff, how does the Fishhawk work into their system, what rod holders do they need. I brought two of my staff, uh, that are experts in sonar setup. So they're on guys' boats, making sure transducers are placed properly. Equipment's got the proper updates. All the settings are right so guys can maximize how their sonar is gonna work. Cause you know, you can't catch fish if you're not fishing where the fish are. So right. sonar is a big part of this. So we've got two of our guys down there. We've got uh, two or three other, my staff and Innovative Outdoors has helped, helped put this trip on. Jim's got a couple of his staff here. We're down there. If you need help calibrating reels, you need help how to run lead core. How do I set this dipsy up? We're here to help you. Yeah. Get you all the information you need in the morning, get you on the water for four or five hours in the afternoon, and then come back and we're going to help you again because if you tried something new, you probably didn't get it exactly right. We're here to help you and then get you back on the water the next day. So you should leave here. Number one, you should leave here with a lot of more fishing friends. Mm -hmm. Number two, you should leave here with a lot more information and be a much better fisherman than when you got here. And really just have your whole setup tuned up. Everything tuned up, right? I mean, the price of admission just to come and get your sonars dialed in is, you know, most guys go, they spend a lot of money on their sonar units, they just never ever figure out even how they're supposed to work. So sure. one of the things a lot of guys like about this is they get a chance to get the latest updates and get their, their units really dialed in. And that's something we want to talk about in this episode is sonar setup. Okay. And what are the first steps? What are some things that people should be looking at when they're just getting started in Great Lakes fishing? So the biggest thing, you know, the Great Lakes being so large, and any body of water is big, but you look at the Great Lakes, you really can't catch fish unless you're fishing where they are. And not only where they are, but also understand how deep the fish are so you know where to put your baits. You want to put your baits above those fish. So you really can't just put baits in the water and, hold, and kind of drive around and hope, which is what a lot of guys do. Right. So we try to teach them to use their sonar. The biggest issue we see with guys is there's three things that we see. Number one, they can't read at speed. They get past 10 miles an hour and their sonar goes blank. So they may be driving out to where there's a pack of boats. They may drive over the best fishing of the day because they can't see at speed. So we work really hard on getting the transducer placed properly. And that is a huge thing. 
an eighth of an inch further up, further down, further left, further right can completely change how your unit reads. So we spent a lot of time getting those transducers dialed in so the guys can, can read at speed. Second thing is most guys don't run enough sensitivity. So we kind of show them how to turn their unit up so it looks ugly. So they're getting a lot of noise on their screen. And on top of that, we teach them what fish actually look like, right? That fish are actually going to have a different color game fish. The way we have, the way we teach them set up, they're going to be yellow. So you're going to have all this extra sensitivity, which makes it easier to see fish. Your screen's going to be darker black, darker blue. Well, that yellow really stands out. So we kind of teach them that process. And then the other thing is teaching guys that fish aren't going to always make a perfect fish arch. Mm -hmm. That sometimes you're not going to see those arches when you're having good fishing. And usually fish arches don't translate to good fishing because if you do make an arch, you understand how sonar works. If you are seeing an arch, that fish is probably sitting still and not very active. So those are the three things we want guys to take away. Get your boat and your unit set up properly so you can see at high speeds. Run enough sensitivity so you can see those fish on the outside of the cone or close to the bottom. And then number three, understand what a fish actually looks like on your screen. So you know when you find them, you can get your baits above them and start catching them. Yeah, I think that was, I sat through this seminar this morning and that was one of the things that like was really astonishing to me is just how dirty your screen is too. Yep. And that's something that I think that, I mean, personally, when I fish, I, I don't have a screen that looks yep. like that. Yeah, the, you know, the way sonar works is, uh, sonar measures how intense the return is, right? So how much of the energy is actually reflected back. When you turn your sensitivity down, so you're cleaning your screen up. When you turn that sensitivity down, it takes a stronger intensity to show up anything on your screen. As your sonar sensitivity goes up and your screen gets dirtier, it takes a less intense return to come back. Well, the thought process for most guys is, well, if I turn it down, I'm only gonna see big fish. The problem is the power of a transducer is concentrated in the middle. Mm -hmm. So if you get fish on the outside edge of the cone, even though they're big fish, they're not gonna send back a very strong signal. If we have our sensitivity turned down, we'll never see those fish on the outside edge of our cone turning it up, now we can see fish closer to the bottom, see them separated better, and see those fish on the outside of our cone increase the area that we're looking at. So having that sensitivity up is huge. Yeah, the other thing like you talked about, we're not necessarily looking for those beautiful arcs that right. we see. What, is, what does a fish look like? That we're What is the fish that we're going after? What do they look That's like? That's a good question. So uh, game fish have three very distinct characteristics when you see what we call the mark, right? Or you're seeing the, the fish on the screen. The first one is this, the top of that mark is, if your sonar is set properly, the top of that mark is going to be a very thick, very dark, very distinct black line. If that line is not black, if it's broken, if it's not there, it's not a game fish, probably not a game fish. You need to kind of move on and start looking out. So they're gonna have that thick mark. Second thing is because the intensity of return creates thicker marks top to bottom, there should be some thickness to the mark. It shouldn't just be a thin, wispy black line. There should be some thickness to it below it. Mm -hmm. And again, we talked about the yellow as we set our sonar up properly you're going to see some yellow underneath that black line. So you see a little bit of, uh, a little bit of height to that mark, mm -hmm. you see some yellow, and you see that distinct black line on top, you've got a fish. Now that mark may only be a little square, right. because that fish is on the outside of your cone and didn't spend any time in your cone. It may just be a very, very small square, or it may be all the way up to a full arch. Understand that just that little square just tells you there's a big fish there, he just happens to be on the outside of the cone and didn't spend a lot of time in your cone. That's still a great signal to tell you there's good sized fish in the area, you know how deep they are, you know where to put your bait, you should, start, should be able to start catching them. And that was the other thing that, that kind of stood out to me was that, you know, a lot of times when people look at that screen, they think that what's on the right side is on the right side yeah. of the boat, what's on the left right. is on, and this is in the middle, but that's not exact, that's really not how Definitely it Definitely not true. If you, if you look at a sonar screen, sonar screen is made of small little boxes called pixels. And if you look at the columns that run from top to bottom, what's happening right now, when your sonar sends a ping down, that's what they call it, the sound that goes down and comes back, we call it a ping, 
That basically what, what is happening with that ping right now is on the furthest right column of your screen. So once that gets past the second or third column, it's now history. Mm -hmm. So you're not looking at left side of the cone, right side of the cone, middle of the cone. What's happening right now is on that far right column. And as the picture goes further to the left of the screen, that's actually history further behind the boat. So people have to understand exactly what they're looking at and where those fish are actually located so they know how to get their baits to where those fish actually need to be. Sure. One of the other cool things we just talked about, like what that target species look like, but you talked about bait yeah. and what bait looks yep. like on the screen and what kind of, what the bait should look like if we want to start fishing. So, you know, bait is good because fish are driven 100% by their stomach, right? I mean, that's what, that's what they're driven by. What people don't understand is a lot of guys, I've seen guys go follow bait, you know, man, I have bait for a whole mile. Well, the problem is if you have bait for a whole mile, that bait isn't being attacked. Because bait fish, when they get attacked, they do a couple things. They group really tightly together. They either go close to the bottom, close to the surface, or against vertical structure. If you have a mile of bait just spread out over a mile of fishing in the middle of the water column, don't fish there. Mm -hmm. I don't care what you see for arches, there's, those fish are not, those bait is not being attacked. So we want to find bait, but we want to find bait that we say is positioned and grouped in a way that says they're being attacked. So really tight balls of bait, close to the surface, close to the bottom, or tight against vertical structure, tells you those bait fish are running away and trying to hide. That's what we're looking for, not just a bunch of bait spread out across the water column. And, and if we see bait and we see game fish there, how do we proceed from that point? So depending on how close the game fish are to the bait fish, can kind of give an indication of how active those fish are. The closer they get, obviously the more they're feeding. Now, I like to find small clumps of bait with lots of fish because now my lure probably has a chance of getting bit. If there's a whole bunch of bait and not a lot of game fish, and I'm competing against mother nature, right? Mm -hmm. Usually what I will do is I will start to fish the top edge, maybe a little higher than the bait school, assuming there's some fish up there kind of chasing those individual bait fish. I try not to run my baits right through a big giant bait school because now it's the lure doesn't look right, it's not the same. So I try to fish the edges, either outside edges or the top edge of the bait and get those fish that are out hunting for those individual fish. Because now my lure by itself mm -hmm. looks like a bait fish away from the pack. It's a lot easier to get than that fish in the pack. Mm -hmm. So I like to find bait, find the fish, get my baits two to six feet above those fish. But if there is a lot of bait and the fish are actually in the bait, I will run either above the bait or on either side of the bait, again, to make my lure look like an individual fish that's hurt and can't be protected by the, by the group of bait. Why is it important to keep that bait above the fish? If you look at all the game fish, if you look at them from a the side view, their eyes are all high and forward on their head, which means that's where they look. If you, if you took a picture of a fish uh, laying flat, basically 90 degrees in front and then about a, about a 60 degree angle to the top is where those fish can see. They're basically blind below the middle of their eye. They can't see. So you could have the perfect bait, the right lure, the right size, the right color, all that stuff guys worry about mm -hmm. and put it one foot below the fish, he's not going to bite it. He's very rarely going to go down to get a bait. You can get the wrong bait three, four, five, six feet above the fish where you can see it. Now your chances of getting bit go way up because we know, especially walleye, we talk about walleye specifically right now, they have to see a bait to bite it. They hear it, they feel it, they get attracted to it, but if they can't see it, they're not going to bite it. That's why walleye fishing is always really hard in dirty water, right? Walleyes need to see a bait to bite it. If you can't get your bait to where the fish can see it, not being just close enough to them above it, but worst case being below them, they're never going to bite it. So we got to get that bait up above those fish. And one of the things, you know, I'm an outdoorsman. I do everything. One of the things that when I go hunting, you know, I will always spend a day before I even start yeah. hunting scouting. And what I want to do is find out where these animals are, where they're going, what they're doing. 
you know, you can't just say, yeah, he's walking along that fence. I want to know what post along that fence right. he's walking. And this is something that you talked about in your seminar too, what you guys do when you fish. You don't go out and just start dropping lines. Right. Tell us about how you get started. Yeah, so we we try to preach. Once we get guys kind of dialed in to understand their sonar, that's the hardest part is getting guys to trust their sonar. Once we do that, we want guys to do something very simple. Do not put a lure in the water until you find fish. We want you to find fish first, know you're in the right location, know how deep they are, and then put all of your baits above them. Because if you don't do that, so let's say here in New York, we got six, you know, three rods of guys. So two guys in a boat, six rods. A typical guy, let's say they're going to spread their rods. They're going to put one at you know 10 feet deep, 20 feet deep, 30 feet deep, 40 feet deep, and whatever. Let's go from 10 to 60. Well, if the fish are at 30, half those baits are below the fish. Mm -hmm. If you wait until you find fish, number one, you should be more confident. You know the fish are there. Number two, you can get all of your baits to where the fish can see them. And now you can run four or five different types of baits. And now the fish will tell you which one they want the most. Now your ability to get a pattern together is much better. So we teach guys, and the first couple of times we do it, we actually ask them, leave your rods in the rod locker until you mark fish. Because once, hey, once guys get rods out and put lures on, they want to put them in the water, right? And we're all, we all want to just do that, right? And I, and I ascribe it to deer hunting. So uh, let's say on the hunting analogy, let's say it's opening day of deer season. I'm going to take you out to the farm. I got 400 acres completely mowed flat. I'm going to stick you right in the middle of that 400 acres of flat ground. I'm going to put a blindfold on you. I want you to put a shell in your gun. I want you to spin around in a circle. When you're ready, pull the trigger. Bang. What are your chances of shooting a deer? Zero. That's how most guys fish. Yeah. Yeah. They randomly drive out somewhere, put some crap behind the boat, and start driving. So if you take the time to find fish first and then be able to get all of your baits above those fish, you're going to catch fish faster, and you're going to eliminate baits that don't work because you know that the six baits you had out, there's six different lures, you know the fish saw them all, and they have a preference for this style of bait, then you can really start to dial the pattern in and catch a lot more fish. Is there anything I haven't asked you? <laughs> I know there's millions of things. You're the expert here. But what, what's kind of a point that I have that you haven't been able to touch on yeah, that I, really you want to drive home? I, I think that's, that, that's, that's, that's pretty much all of it, right? I, I think the biggest thing for me is to make sure that guys understand their sonar, they turn their sensitivity up, they understand what fish look like, and they don't put baits in the water until they catch fish. If they if they understand those things, they're going to get it. And under, you know the biggest thing too with transducer placement. If you put your transducer on the boat and haven't moved it, you just put it on one time and haven't moved it. It's wrong. If a boat dealer puts your transducer on the back of the boat and you haven't moved it, it's wrong. You're never going to get it the right right the first time. So we tell people to use there's a product on the market multiple people make called transducer plate. Just a piece of three quarter inch thick polycarbonate you put on the back of your boat. And now when you move your transducer, you're drilling holes into that, not in your boat. Mm -hmm. It takes time. To get your transducer dialed in right, it's usually about an hour to an hour and a half pro process. You get in the water, you run your boat, you see what it is. You move your transducer one way or the other, left, right, up or down, a little bit. Get back in the water and try it. If it gets better, keep going that way until it doesn't get worse. And once you get, if you go up and down, you get to upright. Then you start working on the left and right until you get it dialed in. And then once you get that dialed in, now you can run it 30, 40, 50 miles an hour and mark fish. I guarantee you'd be surprised how many times you're going from point A to point B. You never get to point B because the best fishing is in between. Yeah, and it's amazing. You, you showed some stuff earlier where you can really see it yeah. at that high yep. speed. Yep. And with the contrast and the colors, you can you can see where the fish, fish being yellow, the background and the noise being blue, that yellow pops right out even at, even at high speeds. It's very, very easy to see. For people who want to know more about what you do and who you are, where can they find you? Teachinfishing.com uh, with no G's, T-E-A-C-H-I-N-F-I-S-H-I-N.com. That's where all of our stuff is. Uh, we have free 
seminars that guys can watch on teachafishing.com. We have uh, DVDs that they can actually buy or download. Uh, we do our whole hour and 40 minute sonar seminar on the DVD that they can download for $3.99. So uh, teaching fishing is where all of our stuff happens, all of our events, all of our online teaching, uh, all of our seminars, all of our DVDs are all available at teachingfishing.com. We got some new great content coming out in October. Uh, that's a great place to go and find everything that we do. Awesome. Lance Valentine. Right, appreciate it, Thank you. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Great Lakes Fishing Podcast presented by Fishhawk Electronics. For more information on fishing the Great Lakes, visit our blog at fishhawkelectronics.com.